Oh, yeah. Happy Comic Book Day and welcome to U.S. Comics Cast, episode 100. What? That's right, 100. A million topics, 60 minutes for the people. I'm John Rivera, the CEO and co-founder of U.S. Comics. And if this swole some bitch is the CEO, the only title I could think to give to myself, oh no, COO and the youngest thirty-five year old on the planet, record the beer because I am your CEO. Oh, new record for the most unqualified title of all time. But look, <laughs> here we are, episode one hundred. You don't get this far by wasting time. So I don't want to babble on too long before saying thank you to Bad Mary for that too sweet play-in. Oh! oh, oh like wow. magic! You wow. say Bad Mary, and half of Bad Mary shall appear. What is up, Amanda and Mike? Hey, John. Hey, Charlie. Hey, um, guys. We're very what happy to be here. <laughs> what a wonderful surprise you guys showed up. <laughs> And speaking of wonder, if we're going to ruin quarantine rules by just bringing other pods in, That's well, valid. then I bring in one of our artists. Uh, I think Stan the Man needs to be on Streamski. What's up, guys? How are you? Hello. I want Seattle. everybody to know if Stan gets in trouble, you refer to him by his full name, which is Staniel. Staniel. <laughs> Stan, what is up, buddy? <laughs> Nothing much. How you guys doing? And look at our, our little mascot now, little furry mascot. and barely staying awake. Yeah, he's just a lump, you know. <laughs> Gotta love him. I feel the same yeah. way about Charlie. He's he, even though he doesn't look like he's excited that it's the hundredth episode. Yeah. So you know. No, I get it. I get it. He's I so see excited. the ears all perked up. But look, at this point, um, you know, we're talking about talented artists. It seems to be the topic. We cannot forget US comics very own color man. Ellis, we gotta get some else. Woo! <laughs> now here's the Look question. This, get up. Are you coming to us from the cockpit of an X-wing, from a B-wing? What's going on here? What's the what's the haps? Well, I'm coming here from coming here from a galaxy right here. In, I think in, my, in my house <laughs> in quarantine. So the the house wing from the quarantine squadron. I love it. Ellis, thank you for joining us, brother. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> um, You know, at this point, I think we're starting to, like, break hearts. We have the staff. We have our music. Um, Hurting feelings. Like we need a little bit more of e – we need some ego up in this mug, some kid ego, if you will. Let's bring in Craig. Craig is <laughs> throwing up a too sweet. Craig. <laughs> How you doing, Greg? Hey, guys. How are you? Happy to be here. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know, there was indeed a pre-meeting. We have to now determine if Craig's sign was the too sweet, was the hands up, was the finger up the nose. We don't know, but we're going to find out. But that makes it, <laughs> the too sweet makes it official. If we don't let Jordan in, He's going to write something amazing. He's going to name characters after all of us and massacre those characters in the most eloquent and horrible way. Please, Charlie, please bring in Jordan. Yes! 
Hello. <laughs> I don't know if that was like a Sailor Moon thing, but I got the it was. Moon vibe. It was. It was. In the name of the moon, I will punish you. <laughs> if he stands up, he's wearing the microest of skirts. And that's just, you know, Ooh. just it's me and bare naked ladies. We're going to have a real issue with it. <laughs> Guys, welcome to episode 100 dot dot super show. This is unbelievable. Woo! I'm going to bring marketing. There's a <laughs> nice the badges. Oh, baby. Oh, I love it. I love it. So let's go, let's go around the horn. How was everybody's holiday? How was everybody's quarantining? How was everybody's uh, crippling psychoses that are new, maybe amplified with everything that's going on? Let's go around the horn. Uh, let's let let's the the good folks from Bad Mary kick us off. How how's life? Uh, you know, as people who um, look forward to performing live music at places where that require a lot of people to be at in a small room, <laughs> ideally, um, it's it's been tough. Uh, but it's stuff like this and being able to stream directly to people via the internet, which is kind of making it's helping out a lot. I mean, to be honest with you, as as dorks. Uh, spending our time reading comic books, playing video games, and watching movies has been okay. But the holidays were good. The holidays good, right? Yeah, there are uh, four of us, so just whoever's you know normally in our house. We made enough food for like three hundred people, and <laughs> I ate way too much and just passed out. And I did the best I could. I cleared like a full turkey by myself. Um, it was good. Oh. I can't complain. You know, we were trying to watch TV last night. And Amanda was just like, "I can't even. I, I can't even like, watch TV. I'm so just, sleepy." It's the first just time in my life whisper. we got up to dessert, and like you know me, like sweets are my thing. Like I love Oreos, I love cookies, cake, brownies, ice cream is the best. Like we got up to dessert, and I like couldn't even look at it. That's how far I went last <laughs> night. So like for that to happen to me, it's serious. It's serious. And I gave her, good. and I gave her like a principal Skinner like. Pathetic. Yes. <laughs> Jamie, take your bell and hit the streets, kid. So Stan, on the West Coast, uh, they they have Thanksgiving on the West Coast, right? Like, you know, is it it's it's approaching winter here? What is like middle of the summer there? Uh, like 1987 there? Like, you know, catch us up to date. <laughs> no, it's more like the mid 70s, but oh. it's still a little bit north. I'm in Seattle, so it's uh rainy. It's but it's not as cold as it you know. As it is on the East Coast, so it's like in the fifties today, I think. So, so you know, so it's, so it's emo, and you require all that. Coffee. Totally emo, yeah. You know, you have to be depressed with the rain and the gray skies and stuff. You know, <laughs> exactly. I just love that with Mike and Amanda. We're like, how were your holidays? With Stan, we're like weather report. <laughs> <laughs> Well, John, there's a perfect like, like, well, you have a cold front coming in from the west. Yeah, crazy bastard. <laughs> no, but it was still uh, Thanksgiving here, so I um I taught my Zumba class in the morning because here we are in COVID times, and I'm teaching from my living room. I know I don't look like a Zumba instructor, but I do. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> yeah right oh go on go on no. and then um and then i spent uh like i don't know four hours trying to make four side dishes we there's two of us in this house we had a 14 pound turkey and six side dishes enough like amanda and mike said for 300 people and there's two of us so you know go figure you know i'll learn them but variety is the spice of life Speak yes that, ellis 
It might be a yeah. long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Where you're <laughs> but how was your yesterday? Uh, was it life day? What is? What <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part. They already have decorations for life day all over the damn place. <laughs> he cooked up a pork. It was uh, it was the whole event. Oh, sir. Yes, it was. It was a good life day. <laughs> how's Chewie? How's up the extended universe family? Everything's doing good. Everything was doing good. Did you um, family, or you just were like, nah, I'm not leaving my house. <laughs> I'm 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 the guy I'm the guy who's overly afraid of of COVID nineteen. So I mean, I'm, I'm no scientist, but when people come through the airlock, doesn't that automatically kind of eliminate most diseases? I mean, the stormtroopers don't really miss many days of work. I, I would imagine it's a safe environment, no? <laughs> you have to remember though, John, the Star Wars science is really poor science. Oh, that's a good point. Star Trek universe. Airlocks would take care of germs. Yeah, you're right. You're they, right. they just never wrote any into the script. No. Uh, legitimate. That's legitimate. Poor Craig. He's the most merched out. Uh, and yet, <laughs> his, uh, his mic, I yank away from him. <laughs> Craig, uh, Thanksgiving, brother. Craig, er. Hey, hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> How was hey, Thanksgiving, my, my Craig? Coming, coming through. Yeah, you're, you're coming through fine, brother. Oh yeah, you're you're coming through like the rock balloon down yeah, thanks, uh, Thanksgiving. Fifth Avenue. <laughs> yeah, th- Thanksgiving was uh, Thanksgiving was fun. I was with my family, and I I went to Boston Market, and so did all of Long Island. I you're not allowed and to I, be mad at other people. Honest. Choose to buy. Yeah, I'm mad at other people for having the same idea I had, Charlie. I don't like it. I love that. I'd be like, I want to go to Pudgy's Chicken. I how dare they think like me, Charlie? I'm with How you. dare they? What? Steve Jobs invented the iPad like two years before I did. What a piece of shit. You're like chickens <laughs> like turkey. Is that is that what you said? No. Chicken <laughs> like turkey, Charlie. Oh, yes, Charlie. Sorry. Write it down, you dumb dumb. Sorry, trying to lighten the mood. I don't care what you eat, Craig. <laughs> you you watch your step chest. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that step, and I'm gonna step on down uh, down the road. I gotta watch my my microphone. <laughs> I cut him off in word because I'm the worst. Uh, <laughs> drunk with power. Jordan, who I'll probably not mute. Jordan, <laughs> delightful, delightful human. How was Turkey Day, brother? It was good. My parents and I were very drunk very early. Uh, which was helpful. And and most of our day really centers <laughs> around like what movie we'll pick to watch. So we ended up watching not one, but four movies. Whoa. We watched we watched all three Indiana Jones movies. As we all know, only three were made. And, uh, and we watched uh, a terrible movie called Late Night, which is really bad. No one should ever watch the movie Late Night. It was oh, terrible. No. Real bad. So Raiders, Plus Last Crusade, and Crystal Skull? Crystal what? I've never heard of that. That's not a thing. (laughs) Crystal skull is actually what they should have referred to as the chin prosthetic from late night because that is wolf magoof. Was that thing bad? Yikes. What's the 10 cent review on late night other than an abortion of cinema? 
I, mean, I think you said it better than I can. Uh, late Night is the story of the only woman in Late Night, uh, who's played by Emma Thompson, who does a great job in the movie with, with Mindy Kaling, but the, the movie's just not very good. Like, the things that happen in the movie don't make for an interesting film. Like, nothing coalesces into anything with any deeper meaning other than this woman is struggling, as any woman would in Late Night. Great. Okay. That was it. That's the, that's the movie. So the movie justifies why there's no women in Late Night? It it doesn't really justify anything. It doesn't really even justify its own existence. It's really just kind of a pointless two hours. Yeah. Well, it's like if it's gonna be hard for women, let's just exclude them. Well, yeah, I, and the movie kind of you know jokes on that and the whole boys' club atmosphere of late night television. That that stuff's actually really good. But like the dr the drama holding that all up isn't very good. So you don't really want to keep watching the movie. I I don't I don't believe late night's a boys' club. I can't picture like like John Oliver. And Conan, like lifting weights, <laughs> talk, talking I mean, about their gains. I'm I'm pretty sure that both the Jimmies are on the juice. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I'm not so sure. All I I know is that um, they they not not to this is not definitely a show about late night TV for sure. For the next but, um, hours, certain certain personalities have absolutely been excluded from from like late night duties. Sure. Um, but. That being said, duty is a funny word. It is. And that's really that's really all I've said about that. It's because it's like, it, but it's not. You can say it in me and poop. Yeah. Honestly, it's like the censors just took out the word poop on you, which was maybe the funniest part about that sentence. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to pull rank, and I am going to take advantage of the level of expertise that we have displayed and in our ear holes. And I do want to relinquish some mic time, which anybody who knows me has listened to the show, watched it, maybe came to my bar mitzvah. I don't know. They know I do not relinquish mic time, but I'm going to do it in the spirit of episode 100. And we're going to go around the horn. All right, let's start at 12 o'clock high. Bad Mary. Point one point five, I guess. Fractions are not my thing. Point half five. a bad, half a bad Mary. Fifty percent. We're gonna <laughs> bad Mary plus half. I mean, you know, Amanda really does a lot of the weight carrying, but it's fine. It's, it's fine. We'll we'll say we'll there's say no, fair. There's no bad Mary with the other three dudes. That's a hundred percent sure. Like, go on. Would be, no, would the other three like, dudes are just sister. Quite, quite, quite legitimately true. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I, I, we do want to kick it to to um to Mike and Amanda first, and uh, we have much like a sommelier who is really just choosing the most expensive bottle and putting you on the spot. You're like, yeah, I guess I'll take that eight hundred dollar bottle, you piece of shit. Um, we're gonna go ahead and kick you guys off with a topic to launch us in the right direction. Okay. I know. I want to know. And Charlie has been, you know, twitching at the curiosity button. I want to know from the experts, who do you guys individually, or what I should say, do you guys individually, and I'll, I'll let you guys, who goes first, who goes second, please tell us what the best nerdy, dorky soundtrack ever is. I don't care if it's comic book related. I don't care if it's sci-fi. If it's fantasy, if it's about late night, no, no, not let's leave late night out of it. Um, what's the best soundtrack out there? What, what do you need to own? 
So I feel like if you know me, this answer is kind of predictable, but after having experienced this film with the full orchestra playing the soundtrack along to it, I don't have another answer. Um, I can't have another answer after hearing it and seeing it that way ever. Um, but back to the future. So Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and say that um, a couple years back, we were fortunate enough to be able to go to Radio City when they screened it with the full orchestra playing That's all of amazing. the music along so to it. Cool. And it's one of my favorites to begin with. But I... If you sit and listen to the full songs, it's great. But for me, something that's great about soundtrack is when it, it takes on the life of like another character in the film. And even without being a full song, you just hear that in like random spots and it adds yes. so much. So for me, the full songs, the full soundtrack, or even just those little parts, it becomes its own thing. And it adds such a different life to the film that that's got to be my answer. And it's my favorite movie of all time. So it's that's a that's dynamite my, answer. Now, answer. as like a commentary, because I don't want to relinquish that much of my time. Um, <laughs> do, do you guys are collectively you guys in the school of thought that uh, whether it's um, it's a it's an album, right, or a soundtrack, whatever the case might be, they are by design intended to be listened to from beginning to end do you guys come from that school of thought i do i think so because you can kind of sense not always like you know it different different movies have a different purpose for the music behind it and everything is different but for me the ones that kind of tell the story and let you know the feeling from beginning to end and have an arc in itself i find that very interesting and i think that that's really good i think that's good music writing if you can feel where the film is probably at just from listening to the music i think that's that really adds a whole other layer than just oh yeah that's a good song you know? right right exactly track 12 is great no man put it on the beginning put it on on track number one sit down crack open a beer and enjoy this damn show like what, what are you thinking about I, I i listen to soundtracks almost exclusively while when i'm drawing um i don't just jump into like you know uh, uh lois and clark sailing over freaking you know sailing over metropolis can you read my mind no you got to begin at the beginning don't <laughs> jump in the middle what the hell's the matter with you charlie what do you think about that uh you know i always i i think the the real key that amanda verbalized that i never thought of it really does the same way a city or a location can become a character the soundtrack can absolutely do the same thing you think of a movie like scott pilgrim versus the world and that music is so vital. Terrible. To oh, the, I'll kill you dead. Uh, it's so <laughs> vital to the story. Um, while kind of living very independently. You can take any of those tracks. From there a was a story movie. in that movie? <laughs> I will throw you out of this. <laughs> hey, man. I'll just tell you right now. That's like our movie. So, like, no hatred. <laughs> never, never. Okay, but there, there wasn't a story, really, was there? With the amount of merchandise, like that's all. A, that's actually an even better point. With the amount of merchandise that's owned, that's completely dedicated to that movie amongst this group, I don't think there's any doubt of the value. We, but um, yeah, but, we bought it three times. <laughs> I have the comic collection three times. The the things that we love, we just keep. That's that's the true to me. That's the true showing of love is how many times you will rebuy it. Yeah, any any jerk could come along and buy it once. But are you going to own it in every iteration? Like, 
in the future when they have holocrons of that soundtrack, are you going to own it? Yeah, you're going to own it, no doubt. Yeah. So, Mike, what's your answer to that question? Okay, so Amanda just totally nailed it uh, and, and really just ran with it. I, I also love the fact that you went to the punk rock band as music experts, so that's always great. Um, I appreciate that. I'm just, you know, I always rag on our style. Um, I love it. I love it. It's my favorite genre. Um, that being said, like, 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 of course, right? Like Amanda said, like Amanda said, I like, I like when you can tell the arc of a story based on the soundtrack uh, uh, and albums in general. I think the album is a lost form of art. That's why we put out a concept album with our last record. We wanted to tell a story. But uh, for me, it's easy to, to pick the greats. You know, I could go and pick, you know, your John Williams stuff, your, your Star Wars or your Superman or something like that. And those are awesome. Um, if I'm going like not composed to throw a curveball in the mix and going recent, I don't think you can beat for a for a licensed soundtrack from a movie. I don't think you can beat Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. I think that start to finish, uh, James Gunn and whoever he worked with to assemble that record is just like, how did you find all these songs that work perfectly which each, with each scene that they're in? It's in, it was it's, it's Star-Lord's really mom. I thought they made that pretty clear. <laughs> who put that soundtrack together. Come on, guys. Mike, oh, did you actually watch the film? No. I, I just listened to the album. <laughs> but, like, it's even the songs that, like, wouldn't fit, like, um, like uh, Escape. When, like, but he is escaping something, like, when that's playing. The Pina Colada song is playing while he's like dying in space. It's like this shouldn't work, but it does. Right. So that's why that's why I, I always appreciate I always appreciate a director who is able to match music well to their movies, which is why which is why I like Tarantino so much too. It's like as someone who's as a, as a musician and someone who's like invested so much time in that stuff, it's like you kind of like your ears perk up. You're like, oh oh, that's really good, and it Look hits you. you. It's like right like Amanda there. said, it's another character. Did, uh, did you think Volume Two? Uh, was able to match the quality of Volume 1? Uh, I think Mr. Blue Sky is great. Uh, I think that's a great song. Uh, I think it's a really great intro, and I think it actually works better when you play it to the end of Rogue One. Uh, find that video online, because someone <laughs> spliced Mr. B the intro to Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to Darth Vader essentially killing all the rebels in, Ro in Rogue One, and it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> find that's it online. Amazing. But um, outside of that, it's I think Volume 2 in general just couldn't get to that unexpected height of the first one you know it's very funny to do yeah uh, with the album i feel like the highs exceed the highs of volume one without the overall quality me uh reaching the same heights i feel I like get that kind of proof that like an a minus is sometimes way more interesting than an a plus yeah um, i feel like if you're high it all freaking makes sense and if you listen to it backwards <laughs> It's actually shockingly the plot of Back to the Future, and it's like full circle, which is which is beautiful. Which is beautiful. I don't mean to, to wrestle the mic away. And certainly, no one's going to be able to match the expertise of of Mike and Amanda. But Stan, what, what do you think the best soundtrack is? I don't want a long-winded answer. That's not what we brought you in for. Dude, no Charlie's end. cutting off mics. Thrown haymakers right and left. Holy cow! It's <laughs> crazy with power. Whole new Charlie, baby. Damn it. Well, I think I'm not gonna say it's the best, but the thing, the the one that came to my mind when when you asked that question, I love Moulin Rouge, mm. and I loved that 
mashing up of these songs and the whole medley, you know, I love that. That was one of my favorite things. I find it very interesting. I asked you a simple question and you immediately disqualified him. Oh. I'm not saying it's the best, but here's my answer. So, Stan, you're wrong. Uh, Ellis, <laughs> Ellis, please, please authorize a bomber run directly over Charlie's headquarters right now. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. We went over um, soundtrack. Right. The, the best soundtrack. And we said, we first by saying like nerdy, geeky stuff, right? Yeah. So, we need something, we need someone with like robots. <laughs> And spaceships. Mm-hmm. I got no problem and, with that. And, and 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 1940s gangsters. So the answer is Moonwalker. Look, the kid. Now you know why the the rubber the rubber gloves are there because he reaching deep for that one. I love it though. I love it. That's a great answer, John. You're allowed to love it, but just because Ellis boldly resembles. Yes. Uh, Michael Jackson on a good day? <laughs> the right answer. Wrong answer. Let's go ahead and Rude. Craig. Craig, I'm giving you Dude. an opportunity to speak on the show. Man. That's soundtrack. Go. Uh, me and my wife for our wedding used the soundtrack to the movie Legend. And uh, so it's special to me, that wow. soundtrack. Um, Which one? The Cottage and the Unicorn song from that movie. So that soundtrack is it's geeky, so it fits into that, and um, that just Oof. always there, me, that soundtrack. The there's, only, two, there's two soundtracks to Legend. The only way that it could have been better would have been if Darkness brought the cake out and cut right. it with them big-ass horns. That is a <laughs> dynamite pull. Dynamite. Ellis, that's, that's a good question, though. What's, yeah, the, which, what's the story with the two soundtracks? There's two soundtracks to Legend. There's the Tangerine Dream, and then there's the, the orchestral one. Look at a big fucking brain on bread. <laughs> Craig, I love the answer. It's so romantic. And what a beautiful testament to your love and your two amazing children. But wrong answer. Let's see it, Jordan. Did. Holy shit. Day. Jordan, I'd argue you have the thickest glasses on. Not prescription-wise, just general size-wise. Just... <laughs> My contacts are pretty thick, bro. I'm trusting you to have the best answer. Uh, go. Can you rephrase the question? Uh, what is the best nerd-ish soundtrack of all? Well, before, like before, fantasy, whatever. Before it was uh, righteously insulted, I, I would have answered Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Uh, but I, I, uh, I, I actually am I allowed to combine soundtracks because yeah. I think I would, I would, I would put together the three Cornettos soundtracks uh, together. So I would go with the full Shaun of the Dead into Hot Fuzz into World's End compilation. I thought particularly the World's End, which some say was the weakest film, had the strongest soundtrack. So I would actually go there. That's really fascinating. You chose three different movie soundtracks. This is amazing. Those are three movies? <laughs> I watched the three of them like just lined up the same way that I clearly listen to my albums, beginning, middle, end. Yeah. And I'm I'm there for like nine hours. Is so that wrong? John watched that trilogy the way that Jordan answered. Fun fact, all fucking wrong. Wow. <laughs> turns oh, my brother, and I'll beg him for the right answer. Is it, is it Ghostbusters? <laughs> no, 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 no. No one is going to line up for the salt that you are spewing, sir. So if you're so fucking smart, 
Why don't you go ahead and give us your Super Show answer? Because I'm tired of your shit already. First of all, it, it should be obvious. Hell, Mike even said it. It's Ghostbusters, <laughs> but not that piece of shit 1984 soundtrack. I'm <sighs> talking about the 2016 soundtrack. When I think Ghostbusters, I think Fallout Boy. I think Elliot. Uh, I think Walk to the Moon, who I've never fucking heard of before. I love Walk to the Moon, actually. <laughs> and God coming. All Amanda, monumental movie in can you please, can you please knuckle up on this kid? And like like the, the, the lady who you're clearly related to, pull the Queen's Gambit and shut him up. And end this diatribe because I think we all know. Look, we spent a fair amount of time. Oh we, lo- we lost him. He's coming back. We spent a fair amount of time discussing all these wonderful. No! Oh! the wrong one. <laughs> you blew it. Prop comedy. <laughs> this bishop. What are you doing? Oh, we clearly know who the chess player is in the family. Thank you. All right. Okay. There it is. Look, I, I appreciate everyone's effort and Charlie's attempt at being the saltiest son of a bitch we've seen today. But I think we can all agree that the greatest uh, nerdy sci-fi soundtrack is Ladyhawk. People think that it starred Matthew Broderick, Michelle Pfeiffer, Rutger Hauer. No, the real star of the movie was that synthesizer soundtrack. And I'll give a close second place so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Use. Yeah, I mean, you but, know, you go know, Ninja, go Ninja, go. How, how, how could not one of us mention Flash Gordon? Listen, there's always time. Flash Gordon is going to be the answer to some question. Well done, guys. Well done. I love it. There's also weird science with the music from Oingo Boingo. Oh, man. The royalty rights alone. <laughs> Uh, I, that, again, obviously, Mike and Amanda, tremendous answer. Everyone else, I'm really disappointed. Yeah, everybody else thinks I'm nice. Uh, if you can go ahead and give me a note from your <laughs> Especially Charlie. Explaining that doo-doo cocky uh, set of answers. Uh, especially John, damn it. Bro. So, let's go ahead and turn to Stan. Stan, a chance at redemption on the 100th episode. And Literally no one signed up for abuse. Yeah, wait, I no just got to say. We didn't okay. reach out, like. I uh, you want to get the shit beat out of you? Great. I was so kind. Do we have the show for you? Rude, man. Wait, and I gotta say, I gotta say, um, there's like how many theater people in this group? A billion. So, so we're being prejudiced against like nerds and saying, oh, only nerds are like sci-fi nerds. What about the theater nerds and geeks? Yeah, yeah Charlie. Um, that's why I said my answer because that's what came to. You're right. I loved your answer. You I love the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. So when you, you don't that, have to like, apologize. Oh, oh, oh. You never apologize to anybody, especially Charlie. <laughs> I know I won't. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> you, you can apologize to me if you want. Better than trusting me, I have the Rent movie soundtrack on my phone. <laughs> so I am not worthy. Someone has a train. <laughs> Is it the bad train? The train. Our house, oh, our house is jacked up with every. We have about an Alexa in every room. We've got ring cameras in the front, the back. We got train horns to tell you that someone's outside the front door. It drives me crazy on an, a daily basis, but that's what you have when you have like a geeky partner who loves tech stuff. You know, I, I appreciate you putting up with them. Uh, talking about putting up with stuff, we were kept on the waiting list. 
that's the most forced segue I'll ever do. Yeah, that was that was uh, uh that was weatherman esque segues. You're welcome. Now that you mentioned Alexa. <laughs> oh, they up. all died kidding. in a fire. Anyway, let's talk about Christmas. That was a close one. <laughs> We've been waiting desperately for a lot of these summer blockbusters that got postponed this year because of the nice, love that Christmas tree, because of that absolute <laughs> bastard COVID going on. Uh, so one of the biggest uh, blockbusters that we were all waiting for was Wonder Woman. Stan, of course, is our expert of all things Wonder Woman. My question to you, Stan, as our expert, Wonder Woman going to HBO Max uh, Christmas Day, the same day it goes to theaters, will that kill the movie theater business? Is this the first sign of we don't need sticky floors and cheap popcorn that they're charging an arm and a leg for? Uh, you can have it all at home for the low, low price of a streaming subscription service. Stan, the floor is yours, my friend. I think all of us here can attest to that. Watching a movie in at home is not going to be like going to the theater and seeing it on a big screen. Especially if you go to that 4D theater where your seat is bumping because Wonder Woman is riding a horse. Did you guys see the first one in 4D? I'm sitting there, and she's riding the horse, and the seat is bumping, and I'm like, what? What the hell's going on here? The seat is not why my I was bumping up and down during that scene. I'll tell you that. Oh. I'll tell you what. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> no, but um, I think that, you know, because of the current times, I mean, it's kind of like the movie companies have to do something, right? to get their movies out there and they know people will people are gonna rent it they're gonna buy it where the, what what did they just do that with um that did well i forgot what movie it was Mulan. Mulan. yeah yeah Mulan, yeah um but um i think that it's definitely gonna change the entire like cinemascape you know how people view a movie and it's all really going to be dependent on the um the the movie companies right these 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 uh, theater companies because now they have this option to just kind of put on a TV because they're not worried about a theater they're worried about people getting their 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 uh, product and you know devouring it but like I said I think it's going to be good for COVID but um, there's just nothing like going and seeing that huge screen and. The music, you know, I mean, can you imagine Star Wars, the whole, or like Superman on like coming out of your speakers? Although again, here in my house, tech, we've got lights set up behind it. Yeah. We've got lights in the corners. A full train go through your living room. It's pretty impressive sound. Did you see there. the wind too? Well, if I had hair, you would have seen my hair like, you know, we got all <laughs> the Polar Express just there. stopped to pick totally. up Stan. He's gone. Totally. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of excited that, you know, well, I'm excited, but it's also a little bit of pressure on Wonder Woman because, you know, if if it doesn't go well, they're going to be like, oh, see, women can't be leads of a movie and, you know, a female character, you know, all that crap, you know what I mean? So, but uh, I think it's going to, I think it's going to do well. And let me tell you, depending on when the first showing is at the movie theater and if Seattle is uh, not in lockdown, I will... Watch it at home. Oh, no, I'll probably watch it at the theater first and then come home and watch it again and then go back to the theater and watch it. And then if it's not too late, 
come back home, watch it, and then just repeat the process like for the next week or so. And then I have the movie on my TV for like ever because we have HBO Max. So I'm excited. <laughs> well, fun fact, it's not going to be on HBO Max forever. It's going to be on HBO Max for one month. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. It's, it's a one month. It's a limited HBO Max experience leading into the Blu-ray and DVD release, which apparently will follow shortly after. Um, like, don't most drug yeah. dealers have like a very similar little policy? The first one's free. Yeah. They get you hooked. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, I want that, you know, uh, Egyptian Amazon. I'll give you all the money. It's fine. Here it comes. <laughs> Unbelievable. So the one thing I'm surprised to hear you say is, is you think theaters will find a way if you had to put your, your ball in one court. Stan, you think movie theaters have to be around because of the experience? I, I mean, yeah, I, I think that. I mean, that's, I know for me, yeah, it's fun to watch those movies here at home, but I want to be in a theater. I want to be in that open air. It doesn't have to be the 4D experience, but just that surround sound and this huge image of, you know, one of my favorite heroes, but, you know, our favorite heroes on TV, on, on the screen, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think there's nothing like that. Let's agree. Who else has a thought about it? Can I tell him it was the wrong answer? (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, snap. (laughs) Okay. Wonder Woman. What's the name of the movie? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman 1984. The way to watch that movie is on VHS, on a tiny little screen with rounded corners, and the tracking is all messed up. That's the way we do it. Very interesting. Point, counterpoint. Let's get over to Craig. Craig, what's your hot take? What? <laughs> what's your hot take, man? <laughs> Do you think Wonder Woman will be the beginning of the end of the movie theater? <laughs> Look, I think I, I think I agree with what Stan's saying, but I also agree that Stan, we're older. And I think the younger generation is all about streaming. I think that I think that me and Stan and probably some of the rest of the crew here, no offense, but we're older and we are used to that movie theater experience and have the memories of going there with our parents and sitting sure. down and getting the popcorn and this like the sticky feet like you were saying on the floor. But like kids nowadays I don't miss that. You know, like, like like my kid nowadays, he watches everything on video, man. He gets everything streamed in. So I think it just depends on the age. I mean, for me, I always want to go to a theater. I would love to see drive, drive, drive-in theaters come back. I, I love those. I miss the one we had in Bayshore out here for a while. I used to go to. Um, I hope they pick up. I heard with COVID that you know some people out here on the island are going to be doing that, and uh, they've had some drive-ins, yeah. which is neat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows that way and... I played driving. I think I've been oh. saying this for a long time. I think the movie theaters need to reinvent themselves. And I don't know how they do that. I know they did that a little with the chairs and like you were saying, Stan, with the 4D and things like that. But uh, I think just it needs to be reinvented in some way uh, to try and beat the streaming service. That's my opinion. Yeah, but you know, the thing I think about is that kids are always watching. They're on a nonstop feed of television during the day, whether it's it was TV, maybe back when we were a little younger and, and you know, Cartoon Network. And now, you know, now it's on a computer. But, you know, it's kind of like you don't want to bring those little kids to a theater when they're that little, 
to begin with because it's not always a pleasant experience, right? I um, disagree. That's so, the perfect opportunity to leave them behind. It's a huge theater. <laughs> it's dark. And they can't really chase after you very well since the floor is so sticky. The little, <laughs> the little blues clues stick to the ground. Oh, my God. And shit, it's just like, no, nah, I don't see it. Don't, <laughs> don't make my, eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Mike seemed itchy to respond. I'm very itchy. Uh, <laughs> typically very itchy. Um, this is what I think is the going to happen. And I don't think Wonder Woman's the beginning of the end. Uh, those streaming services, from a business standpoint, are all about drawing in new subscribers. That's how they operate. Because Wonder Woman, they want Wonder Woman to pull in people to pay the $15 a month fee. Because that's how something like Netflix judges whether a show is worth keeping or not. How many new people come in. Because keeping your current subscription subscribers happy doesn't do them any good. Because they're not bringing in more revenue. The issue here is that the movie theater experience, like Craig was saying, needs to change. Because you're already seeing it. The lay down seats, the reclining seats, that's bringing the home experience into the movie theater. They're making the movie theater more like its home. And I think in the future, movie theaters will survive, just like paper comic books or physical video games. But I think what the real thing you're going to see is the movie theater will probably become more of a boutique experiential thing like your 4D film. And you'll see fewer and fewer giant, giant, massive across the board releases because it's so expensive for distribution when HBO already owns their streaming service and can stream it to you directly and reap all the money. AT&T can get all that money from all of the related merchandising. Yeah. When, when Disney says that their focus is no longer going to be getting people to the parks and into the movie theaters. It's going to get people into the streaming software. You see that there's an actual change coming. That being said, I love the movies. I love going to the movie theaters. I don't think they're going away. I still think people will like to go to the movies. I just think that there's going to be, like Craig was saying, a shift. So, you know, what can you do? There's something to kind of add to that and to bring the Queen's Gambit back into this. It's something that you actually said to me earlier, <laughs> yeah. but the influx and in sales of chess sets after mm -hmm. that show damn straight went on like they saw the show had a direct correlation to the revenue of people buying this physical thing and for a property like disney that just becomes another way okay we're going to put this movie out to streaming and then we're going to release all this merchandise and it's just another vehicle for them to you know get people to buy their other stuff so i think it it's going to change a lot of things uh that we're not kind of it that's it's, how they do it. They give you, it just yeah. just give you a taste. You're like, ooh, it'll make you feel good, baby. Don't worry, you pay me later. It's the free <laughs> candy van. Exactly. Let's it let's is. let's call it what it is. Yeah, People are always gonna love exactly. the physical. They're always gonna love the physical. They're always gonna love the feely. That being said, there's gonna be it's gonna be a mix and match game. It's like mm -hmm. music streaming. People still buy albums. That's right. People true. still buy LPs. But that's why you if they take, if they take Wonder Woman off. HBO Max after a month, yeah. that's going to yeah. increase the Blu-ray sales because if the only way to see it now is on Blu-ray, it's like, okay, we got all these people to sign up to HBO Max. Now we're taking that away. Now we're diverting your attention over here. Right. Now you got to buy this thing. So yeah, it's going to be a process. Well, John, I, I need you to, to weigh in because I've heard of a lot of Who, me, but I need yours. What what kind of, what kind of, hi, let me get some bass back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you what I think about it is this. Um, look, and, and obviously I, I love Staniel, um, and, and I always <laughs> defer to his opinion about almost anything. Um, but I, I do have to say that will Wonder Woman kill cinema? Uh, yes. 
Why though? <laughs> why though? Is because history has told us that Diana is a fucking killing machine. She kills monsters. She kills cloned Hitlers. She killed von Bach and Kingdom Come and started the whole shit. Uh, in Injustice, she killed Huntress. She snapped Maxwell Lord's neck like he owed her money. So, yeah, I think she'll kill movie theaters because she fucking kills everything. She wraps her golden lasso around. Oh my short answer. You want to start a fight, don't you? You want to start a fight. She's a killer. She's a killer. She is not a killer. I don't know about starting a fight, but I do know we're going to start a little Star Wars expanded universe. <laughs> this show has become the Star Wars channel, a.k.a. the Mandalorian so right Happy Hour, a.k.a. in Favreau We Trust, a.k.a. St. Favreau. Halo. Halo. I'm going to pretend that uh, that Ellis uh, has the ear of Mr. Favreau himself. <laughs> Star Wars character <laughs> is deserving of its own, uh, of their own spin-off, series or, or film. Okay. okay. Um, Charlie told me this one, and my, <laughs> my initial knee-jerk reaction was Jar Jar, <laughs> because I love Jar Jar. He's the one. <laughs> Not ironically, I, I love Jar Jar. The fucking okay. actor doesn't like Jar Jar. <laughs> well, he's wrong. All right. So what I came up with was, I think, and it's, I have two answers for this, but I'll give you my first one. That um, That's a good order. I said, I said, if they do a spinoff, it'll be a little bit of an ensemble. It'll be right at, right after um, already cool. the Emperor took over the galaxy. Ewoks. <laughs> Before then, uh, like episode three, and the the spinoff is going to be with Sabe, who is um, the decoy for Natalie Portman's queen. Okay. Ooh. So the spinoff's going to be her, and what what's going to happen is that uh, Palpatine is he's he's the new emperor, and he sees his best friend Anakin is sad. <laughs> So he tells Anakin, he's like, Anakin, I think it's time you started dating again. <laughs> and and, he, and and Jar Jar's there because uh. it makes sense for Jar Jar to be there because he's friends with all these guys. <laughs> and and, and, he, and so, so the Emperor hires the Padme lookalike in hopes of getting her together with sure. Anakin Darth Vader. I mean, he's got a type. If and she's going to be yeah. a double, like, you know. Hey, I gotta imagine that Saddam Hussein's doubles date a and little be lot. Like, he's gonna be like, John, John, I need you to get these two together. Oh, well, and, and we'll have like a Benson vibe, where they're like working in the, in the government. Oh. <laughs> would, you get, would you get Kira Knightley back? Yeah, she's not doing nothing. <laughs> oh snap! Just a good point. Just a good point. I'm gonna kick this to Jordan. Gordon, can you do better than Anakin rejoining the dating scene? <laughs> Why does it look alike? So I get I get more of any one Star Wars character that I would like to focus on. Sure. Right? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to pick a particular direction to go in just because there's there's now so much loaded going into different generations of Star Wars. Um, 
and and I sort of controversially actually really liked Solo, so I was actually hoping to see like the rest of that story resolved. Um, but I, I guess if I'm if I'm going with a character that I always wanted to see expand, that I always wanted to see more built into uh, General Grievous, I kind of wanted to see the whole backstory fleshed out because um, I know there were some comics that did this, but I. I wanted to see how this guy went from, you know, human to android, and I wanted to see the whole Jedi Hunter story. I mean, this is a guy that went out and killed Jedis for their lightsabers and took them as trophies. That's a really cool story to tell. So I would, I would actually like to see more of Grievous. Oh, that's, that's a dynamite answer, because the fact of the matter is the only one that has more collectible lightsabers than Ellis is Grievous. Like, he, dude, and he like he's like flashing outside of a, a Comic-Con, like, what you need, kid? What you need? I got blue, I got green, or I got purple, but that shit's gonna cost you something. Like, yes, I, I, I firmly agree with, with Jordan on that one. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then, then you, light, light you know, extension. Like, like, like an origin of Grievous? It could be origin. It could be even just the moment he really becomes Grievous, the moment he's like fully android. I just, I actually, I thought all of the Dark Side apprentices were underserved in the prequels. Yeah. I wanted more Maul, which I eventually got, of course, in, in other iterations. Uh, I wanted more Dooku, which I did not get as much of, but that's okay because he was kind of lame. Um, but Grievous, Grievous was the one I was really like, I, I, w I want more of this character. I want to have more meaning when I see this showdown, you know? The OG asthmatic of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, there you go. Anyone else have a real passionate answer? Because so far I'm unimpressed. Jeez, nice. I want this kid. Oh, did Holy you, did cow. You, did you want my real answer? Oh my God, my that's a fake answer? No, that was the real answer about Star Wars. It's called an appetizer, Charlie. Come on, show some class. <laughs> my, my, other my other answer, which is which is a cop out answer, but they they need to like knock it off and let it let let it let it die down again a little bit, so we could miss Star Wars. Oh, agree. Well, fat chance of that. Mandalorian has been the only thing that made me love Star Wars again. Yeah, that's my Padme clone. <laughs> I fell out of love with dumb. Oh, I, I broke her heart so much she fucking died. She was lazy. She had two kids. It was like I ain't raising these fucks. They're gonna be annoying as shit. And she, oh, when the, pre the prequels came out, what every every two years? Yeah. And then they were like, before then, it was like, no, you guys got to wait seventeen years before there's more Star Wars. Yeah. When when so you're grievously right now, injured that way, it takes longer and longer. A period of time to heal properly. That's that's just medicine. I'm sorry. So, so right now, I think I think they should like you know not make any more spinoffs. You know they got oh. the Mandalorian going now. Do that. Work on that. Make that good. Well, Mando They're, is now going to have for for certain. It's going to have its own like its own spinoffs. Like we're going to get Laverne and Shirley uh, version of of you know from Mando and you know Happy Days and. We're we're gonna get the the Mando family of spinoffs. That's it's definitely gonna happen because because as several people have said, they need to justify that monthly assault yeah. on the old wallet. You know that they, they they need new content and look, Star Wars. It may not always satisfy you the way you expected, but it's not Chinese food. Like you're you're full. Like they're gonna give you what you expected. And actually, we 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 again have been speaking about. Uh, we've been speaking about Star Wars almost on a weekly basis, and this is not the Star Wars show, but it's gotten to the point where the Mandalorian theme hits, and it's like Pavlov's dogs. It just makes me want to slurp down <laughs> eggs. Like, that's where I'm at. I don't care if they're deviled, hard-boiled, salted, whatever. Just <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. Like, it is affecting me on that level. I, 
I say the more the merrier. But Charlie, why don't you since since you know so much, I don't know, why don't you correct us? Well, I think Craig had Craig, you had something to say? I don't know, you're on the mute button. Yeah, I think I mean I, I think all the answers are, are, are awesome. I, I, I agree with everything. But the one guy that I, I don't know, I think Ellis is dressed like him, so I think he'll agree with me on this. I think the one character that I want to know more of, and Ellis, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, is, is Wedge Antilles. I want Thank you for not saying to. Porkins. He's in He's in old. <laughs> That's if I was in the <laughs> orange jumpsuit, sir. Oh, Porkins. Where's all the hate coming from? In my, in my high school, when they like handed out high school titles, I wasn't prom king. I was most likely to be Porkins in the fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> so Farrow, call me, you son of a bitch. That was a good answer, but fun fact, wrong. Kevin Smith directs Clerk Green in space. Oh. Right. This is the story of two stormtroopers who are so bad at their job they have to work commissary. And it's just a day of the life picture about stormtroopers. Uh, uh, they're serving other stormtroopers because they have to, not because they like them. Uh, again, James Hughes plays uh, an IG-88 type droid who's in charge of cleaning the dead stormtroopers. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo, baby. So just as, as stormtroopers get killed because they're terrible, he just drags them in and out of scenes. It's great comedy relief. Uh, at the end, both stormtroopers get killed by Han and Luke um, because that's the only way to end uh, an appropriate Clerks film. And that, my friend, is the correct answer. Well, we, we wow. were similar in that we both went for a more comedic approach. <laughs> well, mine's a cold cold drama. Ellis, this oh, kid General Grievous comedy. is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant it as a comedy. <laughs> a heartwarming comedy. Yeah, um, when you guys started talking about Mandalorian <laughs> spinoffs, I don't know her character's name, and I have not looked at the Google machine to clarify, but I would watch, like, a 10 episode, 22 minute long, like per episode, just spin off of Amy Sedaris's character. Yes. Just like yelling at droids. And because that everyone goes be through amazing. her court. So, like, she knows everyone from everywhere and speaks like every language so far. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to this one. And, like, oh, this guy. Like, I would watch that show. It's... You said Laverne and Shirley. And I was like, that would be hysterical. I, I, I would watch, watch it the shit if it was it's space, it's space from the space taxi. Yeah. Space taxi. taxi. It's space taxi. That'd be dynamite. <laughs> I might have to double back because that is. You know what? We'll use Charlie. Get off yours. You've been lawyered. <laughs> Speaking of someone who's going to need a lawyer, uh, I don't think this would ever happen. Craig is a happily married man, but as if if his wife ever got smart enough to leave. She would be able to get half those sick collectibles. So, Greg, I want to say to you, all of this nerd world would be nothing without the the toys that that brought us even deeper universes. What a transition! You're welcome. What is obviously, I love Funko Pops. I know you do too. Uh, we're in a support group online. <laughs> True, Greg. What True. is the what is your holy grail of collectibles, be it Funko Pops or otherwise, what is the one piece you either are trying to find or you eventually found? What's the key to your collection? Oh, I, I'm a guy who's into the vintage Star Wars stuff. So I have like um, vintage AFA graded, you know, uh, still in the package Darth Vader from the Empire Strikes Back. You know, we have the 12-inch Darth Vader, you know, a graded 
as well. Um, those are probably the ones that I love. But I've been getting into lately. I've been getting into the hot toys because you know, I, hot hot toys are unreal. My friend, I went over, see. There's the problem. I went over to my friend's house and he has a great hot toys collection. And I he got me into the, these hot toys now. So now I'm like, well, do I get rid of some of the Funko Pops and start collecting the hot toys? You know, make more room, but. It's really what the wife lets me collect at this point because it, it's it's taken up uh, actually where I'm sitting in our in our dining room and then part of our bedroom. So I gotta start really kind of getting rid of some of it. But I'm a vintage guy now. I collect the vintage. I even um, Charlie, you'll love this. I collect the vintage um, '80s LJN WWF figures. Ooh. So I ha- I have some of those. I have the Bobby Heenans and things like that. That are I love those. This is from my childhood. It reminds me when I was like ten. So that's why I collect those. I'm a nostalgic guy now. Though you know it's funny, like the the old wrestling toys. When you look at them now, especially to a comparative to the fully articulated, like you squeeze their butts and they like they'll they'll rip off their catchphrase and you'll hear their music hit and stuff like that. The old fashioned wrestling toys <laughs> are unmistakable from just like a dog toy. It's just yeah. like a rubber, like goofy pose, the stupid just expression. A yeah, you could just chew on that sucker for days, whether you're a Rottweiler or a nine-year-old John. Yep. Yep. So Chris, it it would have been a great answer if my question was babble on about cool stuff. Abuse. <laughs> what is your holy grail? What are you searching for? What is the one that keeps getting away? Or that you're oh, just... Oh, 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 you want to know what I don't have? Oh, I'm sorry. The answer of what you don't have is a concise question from Charlie. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I always wanted the, uh, the Boba Fett with the firing rocket pack that uh, the Star Wars... <laughs> Holy Grail, you know, I, I always dreamed of finding that. Cause I remember as a kid having the firing, the one that fired out the pack, you know, the one that got yeah. taken the red missile for yeah. the for the which, which which by the way in Mandalorian was great to see that how that actually works in action. <laughs> I, I again, I I don't like to pull rank, but I I will when it's necessary. Uh, Craig, I hate to tell you, you have a legit. A, more of a legitimate chance of finding the actual Holy Grail. I think I have a yeah, more legitimate chance of, of firing the Boba Fett figure yeah. that fires. Like, didn't yeah. he kill like eight kids? Wasn't that the yeah. actual story? Like, yes. Boba Fett the toy is far more of an effective killer than yes. Boba Fett the character ever was in yeah. any of the iterations <laughs> we've seen so far. Well, depending on if he disintegrated, you know, Uncle Ben. Yeah, so he yeah. says, that's a very easy, like, out. Like, oh, I, I caught him, Darth, but I, I disintegrated him. Sorry. <laughs> let me get those Let me get those space shekels, my friend. I, I think he's full of shit. I think Boba can't find his ass from his rocket pack. That's my, that's my own personal opinion. So, I mean, look, we're, we're surrounded by, uh, we're surrounded by collectors. Anybody else on that good... Funko, hey baby, I'm here for the free Funko giveaway. Like anybody else have the addiction? Like uh, who else is a collector here? Uh, Mike is like also sad about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> the Staub house is filled with stuff. 
my my brother is like he i'm like almost like his museum curator at this point <laughs> we have so many sideshow and uh hot toys and uh xm statues in this house the boxes literally take up half the basement um i have a delorean that's still in the box yeah, cuz i don't know where to put she's it she's got the hot toys delorean <laughs> The time machine. Uh, I have. I'm looking at a K2SO hot toy, like right here. He's to, like, he's, he's pointing his gun at me. But um, yeah, man, uh, it's it's a big deal here. Uh, a holy grail. Uh, it won't. I don't. My have... holy grail just came in the mail. Yeah. Actually, we got the child. Um, yeah, we have the child. Life size like child. Life size child from the Mandalorian. He's got like oh. hair fuzz and everything. So now when oh, we watch it, he's like God. sitting on the table, just like looking at us. So oh. I've, I've acquired my holy grail thus far. Baby. But... Cute. So cute. Yeah. I, I, you almost saw it in real time. The spoiling of the episode that you're about to watch. No, I'm like, so like when... I, I think, I think I accidentally stepped on Jordan about to speak. So uh, I'm sorry, Jordan. No, you didn't step on me at all. I was waiting for one of the Rivera brothers to call on me. <laughs> Mister, Mister Jordan, uh, the spotlight is yours, my friend. I was going to say. So I, I. Uh, I have a horrible condition. Uh, oh, and also I'm a collector. Uh, no, the, um, <laughs> it, it's it's that I stopped reading comics for pleasure, like weekly. Like now, I only go and pick up like special stuff. I'll only like dive in when I hear about something really great. The only comics I pick up on a regular basis are stuff from like basically my list of like high wants that I've always had but never had the money for. And now finally that like, you know, I have a salaried position, I have a job, you know, and I don't have a wife or kids, which is great. <laughs> that um, you know of. Yeah, uh, that I know of. Uh, so for now, uh, I can actually go pull stuff from that list. It's mostly comics. Um, and it's a lot of like stuff that I'm looking for still. I'm looking for first appearance stuff. So uh, my holy grail, you know, is, is like hundreds of issues at this point. The stuff I'm still putting together is like, I want all the original issues of Sandman from the original run. Aww. I want all the issues of Fables from the original run. And it's really dribs and drabs because people don't have those full series intact. Yeah. You really have to hunt for them. But actually, that's what makes it so satisfying. Um, first appearances I'm still after. NYX number three, first appearance of X-23. Um, uh, Machine Man number 19. That's a 1981 comic, first appearance of the Jack-O-Lantern. I'm looking for, uh, you know, if I ever become a rich man and have thousands to blow on a comic, amazing number 35, first appearance of Harry Osborn as the Green Goblin. I mean, these are these are big, big issues. Um, so I'm, I'm after that stuff. It'd be a shame if you uh, weren't friends with someone who works at a massive comic book retailer. <laughs> Correct, but they're not going to give me a discount on a $17,000 book. No, they, they won't. <laughs> um, uh, Senator, that's, that's correct. Michael Corleone, isn't it true? You took out a seventeen thousand dollar loan. Give me, <laughs> give me, send me your list. I'll let you know what we got. Okay. Oh, my goof. What about you, John? What are you hunting for? I know what you have. What um, I, I have a lot, and um, as you can probably see, I, I had to switch my setup around because I'm doing so many Zoom meetings and and things like this, Streamyard, blah blah blah. Um, it got to the point where it just people like, oh well, how old is your son? I'm like, no, I'm not sitting in an eight-year-old's bedroom. This is this is what I choose to surround myself with. So uh, my collectibles are over here, out of sight, aside from the new proton pack addiction. Thank you very much, Charlie. Um, John, I have no. to comment. Your John, your room just looks like a continuation of mine. Like I feel like if I swivel my camera yeah, yeah, yeah. to you, like, <laughs> I reach my hand over and slap Jordan. John, <laughs> John is Jordan's secret wife. 
Yeah, well, whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. But yeah, I think that um, what well, it's unfortunate because when what you, what what's on your list, is so obviously on everyone else's list at the same time, sure. and that collectible becomes that much more difficult to finally acquire. Yeah. Um, and and I'm kind of taking a different tact than Jordan, where I'm really all about the new, new. Like I want the newest, hottest, freshest thing off. Uh, you know, off the printer, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to be fighting a lot of people, but my grail is going to be the Funko Pop, um, which is directly from Mandalorian Season 2. I'm looking for a T-shirt and jeans guy. Like, this is this is going to be the most wanted... This is going to be the Cabbage Patch Kid of 2000... Of, yeah, 2020 still? 2020's hot toy. Is gonna be t-shirt and jeans guy from the last or well, from two episodes ago. Um, I, I I don't know if I'm gonna get them, but I'll be on eBay, man. I'll see you guys there. It's almost Christmas. I'll call Santa. Happen. <laughs> uh, you know, we've. I feel like we we collectively collect. Am I collectively, right? Charlie's about to blame us all for something he did. Watch. Yeah, here it goes. Here false, it comes. False. I I think we. Even in talking about Wonder Woman, I feel like we sidestepped one of the last great theatrical films, a film that people knew it was going to be feast or famine, and it wound up feasting heavily. And that- I, think, I think I know. Yeah, I was going to say, Charlie, like this is something that we spoke about even going into um, even before previews had hit anybody's screens. There were like warnings going out yes. about Joker, as if like they had. There were warnings that were more severe about the movie Joker than there were on any pack of cigarettes. It was like oh, unbelievable. Like what the hell is possibly going to happen? Um. So so clearly we're going to direct this towards our resident Batman expert, Jordan. I mean, do you it, know, Joker dab. <laughs> oh, I just want to see him on the steps. Ooh, work it, baby, work it. Um, so, well, uh, personally, I'll speak for myself. I mean, I think Joker was very effective. I enjoyed it very much. It was like DC's Taxi Driver. I was all about Joker. Yeah. Um, more to the point, I think more people, it it put more butts in the seat that would that would not normally sign up for a comic book movie, right? Whatever that definition of the term is nowadays, and obviously it's very general now, but. Um, Jordan, uh, clearly you, you loved it because you're, you're a smart man. The, the, question, <laughs> the, the question of the day du jour is who else from the heralded rogues gallery of the cowled wonder, I gave him another name. That's 87. He's got who else from that group deserves their Joker esque alone time in the sun like who's gonna get that focus and and um, why tell me yeah i gotta know sure uh it's clayface it's clayface um it's clayface for a lot of reasons uh so first i just want to say that uh i did really like joker and i think i think todd phillips made a good movie and i think that movie took a lot of heat for probably the wrong reasons uh people thought there were going to be like riots in the theaters all i heard my theater doing was like crying (laughs) this poor man's misfortune. Um, I don't know that Clayface needs the Joker Todd Phillips-esque treatment. I think he just needs to, you know, be 
to, to have a movie uh, or, or some kind of a miniseries that he can just be his own thing. Um, so I think mostly I started paying attention to Clayface when he was voiced by brilliantly Ron Perlman mm. in the Batman animated series. Uh, and I, I felt for that character so much, almost as equal to Mr. Freeze, who has another amazing uh, backstory origin in the animated series. But I thought equal to Heart of Ice, I thought the, the Clayface story was great. And um, I think the Clayface alter ego that works best is that original iteration. It's the it's the Basil Carlo iteration, who's kind of a, a takeoff on Boris Karloff or any of the old um, Universal Monsters guys. Yeah, is, yeah. who uh, is now sort of a failed actor. He's been in an accident. He uses this sort of uh, I don't know magical or science fictional putty to hold himself together, but he realizes, you know, he's gotten powers from this. Actually, I specifically like the animated series version where the gangsters kind of kill him with it. And then he ends up with powers as a, a side effect, I think is quite good. And they kind of switched one alter ego with another. They made him Matt Hagen instead of uh, Basil Carlo, but that's, that's okay. You can go with any version you want. Yeah. Uh, I have re-upped my interest in Clayface as of the new Harley Quinn animated series, which is like <laughs> the best fucking thing in the world right now. Oh. And he has such a great humorous side yeah. as brought to the table by Alan Tudyk. And what that show does with Clayface rules. Um, it's very James Gunn-esque, actually. And um, I mean that in a, in a very good way. And what it, it kind of opens the door for, I think, is you can get a Clayface where... He so badly, as the Alan Tudyk Clayface does, really wants to exist in one of these forms long enough to actually create a life for himself. So I think you can get a movie that explores that, but can't quite keep it together. I'm going to cross-reference something I mentioned earlier, Sandman. There's a story that most people just take as a throwaway uh, from Sandman, and I think it comes from uh, Dream Country, which I think is the third or fourth collection of stories. It's the story of Element Girl. Uh, an element girl, uh, you know, she's she's also been under really unfortunate circumstances. It's hard for her to look like a person for a prolonged period of time. So she's become a shut-in in her apartment. And I thought that setup works in a Todd Phillips sort of way, where you could take Clayface as someone who never goes out because he realizes that the lives that he can create are ultimately these very brief and sort of pointless, sad lives. And as long as he can stay as... Francois the waiter, waiter or, or Stephanie the, the co-ed, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can have fun for a while, but it always kind of comes to an end. So I think you can get this really nice, sharp-bladed uh, comedy half where he's trying out these different things, trying to make it work for him. And then this really nasty, darker half where it's like nothing he does works because he can't quite figure out what it is to be human. And just as we saw in Todd Phillips' Joker, we will see it's actually the fault of everyone else around him yeah, that yeah. prevents him from experiencing humanity, not so much his fault in not fitting in. So, um, yeah, Clayface, 100%. Also, that's a Bob Kane and Bill Finger original character, and I always like it when they get some love. So, yeah. I just love the idea of those visuals of his face starting to, like, sag. And the yes. The can be so horrifying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it can be very funny. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Visually, you could really run the gamut with uh with all of it. Yeah. Could for sure. Could it be a musical if we use sure. the Alan Tudyk Clayface? Because when Why you not? said Alan Tudyk, and then I was like, he's singing because he sings throughout <laughs> yeah. the entire series of the, the Harley Quinn cartoons. So yeah, he's got to sing at some point. Is there anything like the only thing sadder than um than a performer kind of coming to the end of their like their their uh some you know their uh the hell is a sun, uh, sunset boulevard like uh, type story 
but a, but a song and dance man like that it, it, it's like a double it's like yeah. a double punch to the face uh, clearly jordan's not going to be happy with any batman villain getting time alone on screen unless everybody in the theater is in tears <laughs> so um well you know we'll, we'll throw it out to, to the group at large anybody else have a batman villain that they think really deserves that spotlight Looking around, looking around, looking around. And looking they're all around. good. They're all good. Maybe, maybe they could actually do a, a real good Catwoman movie or actual Catwoman movie and not like Catgirl Lady that Halle Berry did. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I, I had zero problems with Michelle Pfeiffer's take on the character. But if we're playing softball rules, it's like one strike. And like, even if you foul it off at this point, you're out at the plate. So Catwoman. She doesn't have nine lives. She has like, she's got three like the rest of us, and she's already lost too. So, I have no problem if you want to roll out another Catwoman flick, but you, she's got to realize like, if it's a failure, she's got to go back to the bench with her tail between her legs. Uh, Charlie, why don't you unmute Craiger? Hush. <laughs> Is that you, you waited? I, oh, I thought you were telling me to hush. I'm like, we <laughs> unmute you. No, you tell me to hush? hush. I want to. I want to see. I, I'd like to see him in the Batman universe more. I hear he might be coming in, but I'm not sure with the new one. But I'm. I think Hush. Is, I would love to see him more on camera. In, you know in what? The um, universe. and I'm not as caught up to date as I probably should be, considering the topic of this stupid show. Um, <laughs> but if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the he, Titans he show. The, the, are we getting he, he hush action? Be... Not hush. Um, or Red, Red Hood. Hood. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, it's, I mean but he was in. He was in Batwoman. Hush was in Batwoman. Jordan. TV show. Yeah. There it is. I right. know I oh, saw that bandaged bastard around someplace. <laughs> yeah. Hush. Hush is good. No, but he's in. It. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? In the new Rotten Rob Robert Pattinson version. Isn't he the guy? No, apparently that's either Riddler or some other character. We're not actually sure who that is. It's not, right, yeah, not, it's like, not Hush. Yeah, not official. Oh, see, I, I, I knew Riddler, I knew Riddler was involved. Yeah, they've kind of gone the uh, seven yeah. route with Riddler, where I think he's going to be some kind of like crime scene based serial killer with riddles. I, I don't know. So yeah, there's some guy with a taped up face. We think it might be, uh, you know, the Riddler. We don't know. What's in the box? What? <laughs> uh, and I, I like, I like Hush. An idea. I think Hush is a high-valued character, but I think they never really put in the necessary time into Thomas Elliott's backstory and linking that up with Bruce Wayne to make us have any feeling about that. Like, we, right. we knew that Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne were friends, and we kind of cared more about Two-Face when he transformed. When Thomas Elliott became Hush, we barely fucking knew the guy. So when guy. it happened, we were like, all right, fuck that guy, I guess. Yep, just another I, I agree with Hush. Hush is sort of like a... They just kind of created him for that one story, and they're yeah. like... Well, yeah, Bruce had this kid friend that, that you've never heard about before. And right. Bruce or uh, them kids. Mm -hmm. That's the actual villain story I, I want. I think Poison Ivy would be a good... A fucking adoption agency that keeps giving this <laughs> asshole kids. Like, what happened to the last one? Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm rich. Uh, it's clearly the same organization keeps giving out. Bruce kids... That keeps on giving Michael Vick dogs. Like, weren't you just here yesterday? Oh, Why are you back? Oh no! Why are you too much? My theory, my theory is in Gotham. Oh, you either adopted by Bruce Wayne or a main villain mm -mm. to raise you until you're a henchman. So Riddler <laughs> has like 48 kids. 
that he just waits till they can get punched in the face by Batman. That's my yeah, movie. no, that's that's valid. That's the movie I'm gonna green light. Um, and and uh, I I don't want to take. Uh, I'm let me just say this: Charlie is not uh, contagious, but um, I did pull a little bit of salt through the interwebs from him, uh, and I I hate to do it because I value Jordan's opinion about most things even more than my own. Like Jordan, what what's my favorite flavor of ice cream again? Whatever you think. I hope it's um, Rocky Road. I mean, it is now clearly, but um, I I do have to again. I have to pull rank even on Jordan, and I have to say that uh, in actuality, the Batman Rogues Gallery member, card carrying, that deserves the big screen treatment above all else is clearly Kite Man. Hell yeah. Chuck Brown, they didn't have the balls to call him Charlie Brown. He's clearly Charlie Brown. Mother sucker can't fly a kite for the for the life of him until he can, until there's a giant one on his back. He's so badass that he even uses little tiny kites as weapons. That's all I want. And, and what's really interesting and where I think you can make the big bucks, because that's what I'm all about, this is going to be the crossover that we all anticipated. Yeah, we've gotten in the comic books dc marvel crossovers but we have yet to get a cinematic crossover and i think if you really really want to make people sit up and pay attention you have a marvel dc crossover and you get groot into the situation because who is a worse worse foil for kite man than a walking tree come on come on daughter you dropped it with Groot that would be ridiculous what would happen because I agree control poison ivy before I was all about that that's that's yeah see I think I think so a solo Batman a Batman villain movie you need to be able to tell the story without Batman is that where we're going at so I think the idea of poison ivy the eco-terrorist type of person one one I, I think I'll go ahead and text everyone um directly because I have the the story poison ivy a uh, Harley Quinn a child that is to be named later it's a it's a relatively long text thread but uh I'll be sending it out shortly so Charlie we're gonna kick it back to you brother take control take 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 the salt shaker back please I will take so guys thank you so so much for being with us here on episode 100. We couldn't have this episode without bringing you guys back. Your answers are fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I love you as people. I love you as friends. Happy 100. Happy 100. Happy 100. But you know what, though, Charlie? You don't don't want to certainly bury the lead to use a Charlieism. Um, we couldn't do one episode. We could certainly couldn't do a hundred episodes without uh, without the full support of our good friends. The the one gentleman that could not be with us today because he's off actually like earning a living. What a jerk! Yeah. But um, the Sarge Sergeant Finesse right here on Facebook Gaming, two streams a day, outstanding gaming content, supporter streams, giveaways, contests. Just don't be a sucker. He doesn't seem to like that. Check him out today, tomorrow, the day after. Throw him a like, a follow. Consider becoming a supporter. If you need to pick me up, follow the White Rabbit down to sneakenergy.com. And if you want to, you know, a little change up the gears a bit, go over to, um, uh, uh, what the hell is it? Geeksunleashed.com. Use car- code SARGE at checkout. 
Um, when the Sarge is on deck, salute. GG, son. And, Charlie, we have another sponsor, don't we? You know, really funny. It's every now and then the COVID crisis has been has taken a toll on all of us. <laughs> all of us needed something to keep us going. And I, like we talked about in the first segment today, I use music for that. And I have a my, my, my favorite band that I'm fortunate enough that I've gotten to interact with and talk with and buy merch from. That's the one and only Bad Mary. You while you're on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com forward slash bad mary. You can go to badmary.com, buy yourself a patch, a pin, a keychain, a CD, a t shirt. You can go to patreon.com forward slash bad mary and just fucking throw shekels their way. Why? Because they deserve it. And for you, even though you should buy all the albums, because it ain't there, baby. (laughs) buy those CDs, buy those downloads. You can also go to any streaming service, pop in Bad Mary, and boom, you got music for days. Now, <laughs> I would tell the nice people watching to go to US Comics HQ on all social media to follow us. They can see our beautiful faces every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. They can hear our beautiful word mouths. Uh, word mouths? They can't. They can only hear word sounds. Word sounds every Wednesday at midnight. You get the audio version video version at 8 p.m. I would normally ask you, John, what's the only way that we... Well, we always like to clarify. We don't like to take... We don't dive into the pool in the dark. So we do want to confirm uh, one half of Bad Mary. Uh, Are we on the same page here? Can we do this properly? What are we talking about? Oh, I see the equipment. Because there is only one thing to do. You got to turn the power on. I think you guys kind of gave us a catchphrase. Uh, Turn the volume up. So... We're gonna hit the bed, Mary. Uh, you know what we're playing. I know what we're playing. Damn straight. <laughs> Screaming <laughs> to the night sky. Uh, Save me, space girl. See the kids. Oh, sad. 
There's only one thing to say, kids. We out.